Welcome to the High Roller Tide podcast for week 14 of college football action. I'm Rob Pizzola. Momentarily, I'll be joined by Joe Fortbaugh of the National Football Post as we break down this weekend's games from a betting perspective. Last week was an average week. We finished 3-3 three and three against the spread. Losses with Oregon, BYU, and the over in LSU A&M. Uh, winners with East Carolina, Florida State first half, and Utah State. So a 500 week, but that still means that after 13 weeks this year, we've still yet to have a losing week. 39-22 and 22 against the spread this year. That's a 64% success rate, uh, which has been very, very solid. We'll be breaking down eight games this weekend from a variety of different conferences, and we'll do our best to keep this streak going. So let's not waste any more time. Joe Fortbov, the National Football Post, now joins me on the line. Joe, not the best of weeks last week, but still, we didn't end up in the red. I'm really liking the plays we have on the card this week, so hopefully we can get back on track. That Oregon play last week was stupid. That was really, really stupid. Sometimes you just need to listen to what the players say, and you know what you need to know. And those idiots, DeAnthony Thomas and Huff, talking about how they don't care about the Rose Bowl, the national championship was all they cared about, they showed it. They showed it. Yep. What they should be thinking about is all the scouts who watched the way they played in that game, because they looked awful. They were a team that's completely quit. And I'll tell you what, I'd look at that head coach right now, Hulfrick, and I'd start thinking, is this the guy for the job? Because the second this team faced a little adversity, they packed it in. So, and when it comes to them, I used to love that team. And now after hearing that and seeing that performance, I don't even want to watch them anymore. Yeah, I was actually trying to buy out of that game early on. And I, I, Ugh, could, I couldn't hard. do it because uh, I th- odds makers knew it. They knew it was over early on in that game. Uh, once the Ducks, you know, trailed by, I think it was 14, the, the, you know, a few minutes in. It was just a horrible, horrible game altogether. But whatever, let's not dwell on the past. Uh, we've had a really good year. Uh, like I said, I love the board this week, and, and let's get things started in the SEC with the game of the week. The 78th Iron Bowl on tap this weekend. Top-ranked Alabama taking on fourth-ranked Auburn. At 11-0 overall, the only thing standing between Alabama and the SEC championship game is the Auburn Tigers. Gus Melzahn, we talk about him week in and week out. Uh, he's got to be the front-runner for Coach of the Year. Last year, Auburn 3-9. and nine. Now they're looking for their 11th win of the season. They were idle this past weekend. Uh, in preparation for this game. Now, looking at the line, Alabama open lane 9.5. Since then, it's been bet up to 10.5. I credit Auburn for an amazing season, but uh, to me, Joe, I don't think this game's going to be close. Yeah, I'm not taking Auburn, and I'll tell you what, I want to preface that by saying um, they have had a remarkable year. Gus Malzahn was the reason they won the national championship with Cam Newton. Uh, we saw it when he left, he, and he was smart, too. He took that job at, what was it, like North Alabama or something? Yeah, horrible school. So so beneath what he was capable of getting. But he did it for a reason. I think he was smart enough to realize, let me get out of here, Chizik's going to fail, and then I'll come back and take the job. Really great politicking all the way around by him. And, and he's done a fantastic job with this football team. They cover numbers, and they play great, no matter what situation they're placed in. However, this week you're hosting Alabama. Um, I'm not playing against Alabama. That's really all you need to know. Tide's covered four uh, numbers in the last six, one of those being a push. Um, you look at Auburn, they've been covering like crazy as, uh, as, as well. 6-0 and against the number in their last six conference games. 4-0 against the number in their last four home games. Uh, this, I would think this is going to be a good one, but I think this is yet another opportunity for Alabama to show the state and the rest of the country how much better they are than everybody else. Auburn might put up some fight here, and I think they're going to be prepared for this game, but at some point they're going to make one or two mistakes. McCarron's going to do what McCarron does, manage the game, defense can play well, and by the end you'll probably get an Alabama cover. Yeah, not only am I not... Uh, I'm, not only am I not, not betting against Alabama, I'm strongly considering a play on them in this game because I, I, you just 
that last point you just touched on right there, uh, that you know, that sunk with me. I, I look at Alabama, and every time somebody thinks that they're going to get knocked off, or people start to think that there's a chance that they're going to get upset, and there's these smaller spreads than the usual, you know, twenties and thirties that they're laying. Uh, they just prove a point in these types of games. They end up bro- blowing out teams. Now they didn't cover against A and M earlier this year, but that was just a huge backdoor uh, by A and M in that matchup. And Auburn doesn't pass the ball very well, so to me, this is a game that's just going to be a huge blowout. Right, that's the thing. Auburn's a little one-dimensional, and that's an excellent point there. You you got to have a lot more to bring to the table um, if you're going to knock off a team like Alabama. You you don't need all that to be the team like Baylor, as we saw last week. You need to have a lot more in the arsenal than just a solid running game when you're going to play a team like Alabama, because you're not going to be able to rely on the fact that this is a really close game like most of them, and that you can stick with your game plan. Alabama is excellent at taking you off your game plan, and that's what's probably going to happen here. So, it, like you said, I, I think I mentioned earlier, you reiterated it, when you look at Alabama, anytime somebody calls them out, says they might go down, or this is the year someone's going to get them, they just take it as like a, a sign of disrespect. That's, that's all it is. They constantly are so good at playing within the locker room, the fact that we're being disrespected, and they come out and show it. I mean, this team is smoother than poured water. We see it every single week, so no reason to play against them here. All right, Joe, let's keep it in the SEC. Ranked rivals taking on each other on Saturday night. Uh, number 19, Texas A&M, who we just talked about, they pay a visit to number 5, Missouri. A&M, uh, big set back last week. They got pounded by LSU 34-10. to I thought they had a chance to pull an upset in that game. Evidently not. Uh, they got smoked from start to finish. Meanwhile, Missouri, they've already earned a share of the SEC East Division title. Uh, they can claim the crown outright and punch their ticket to next week's conference championship game in Atlanta if they beat the Aggies this week. A win will also keep Missouri's chances of reaching its first ever BCS Bowl game alive, although the, that's very slim chances. Now, Missouri opened up laying a field goal in this matchup, but that number shot up to four and a half today. Uh, I think this one's going to be one of the more entertaining games of the weekend, Joe. I I don't really see value in either side. Good matchup here. Uh, the Aggies are 6-0 and against the number of their last six coming off a loss, so they tend to bounce back well. But I don't want to play against Missouri. They've been good. Yep. And, and, and these teams, and these, and these Sharps I know, they keep finding angles and reasons for why to bet against Missouri. And it doesn't happen. Last week was, was a perfect example. Who were they playing? They were playing at Ole Miss last week? Yep. Everyone kept saying Ole Miss is the side. Missouri's in a flat spot, this and that. Missouri went in and handled business like usual. Sometimes these teams are just good teams who get the job done, and I really like that, especially in college, because there's a lot of inconsistencies. These guys, they're not professionals. They have to go to classes. They have to worry about other things. They're young. They haven't been in a lot of these situations before. So there are much more, there's much more opportunity to come up flat or, or screw something up in college, I think, than there is the pro when, you, when you're used to all this stuff. But um, I look at Missouri. They've been, they played very well this year, so they, it, it's tough to get on this one because uh, when you look at Texas A&M, they're strong coming off losses. But you look at Missouri, you, you can't play against them at this point. They're just too good and too smart. And they, they, Any spot or excuse or reason to play against them, it doesn't work out for you. Yeah, Missouri's one of those teams that has been disrespected a lot this year. I still don't think people give them the credit that they deserve. You talk about that game last week at Ole Miss. Uh, that's a tough place to play. They outgain Ole Miss by over 100 yards in that game en route to a 14-point win. This is a pretty strong team, and I think people are starting to catch on now. You see the line moving uh, from that early three up to four and a half. Could even get higher in this game. 
Yeah, it doesn't surprise me at all. I came up with the key number. People are realizing Missouri gets the job done no matter what the situation is, and uh, this would be another another spot. I, I think A&M, they're a good team. They don't play very good defense, that's obvious, but they're a pretty good team with Manziel. But coming off the loss last week, now it's kind of like, you know, now they've got a few losses on the resume. There's no chance of a major bowl game. Who knows if we even get a big effort here. Right. Let's switch over to the Big Ten, Joe. Bitter conference rivals get together on the final day of the regular season as third-ranked Ohio State pays a visit to Michigan. Michigan to take on the Wolverines. Ohio State, uh, they beat down Indiana last weekend 42-14, to 23 straight wins for them. That's a new school record. It also assured the team of an appearance in the Big Ten Championship game uh, where they'll take on Michigan State for the automatic BCS berth there. Uh, Michigan's campaign started really good this year. They were 5-0 and to start the season, but since then the wheels have fallen off. Uh, they're just 7-4 and now. Looking at this matchup, Ohio State 14.5-point road chalk. It looks a little looks like too many points here for me. I know Ohio State has a lot to play for, but a win from Michigan uh, puts them into a much better bowl game as well. So definitely the Wolverines have a lot to play for here. Uh, what are your thoughts on this matchup, Joe? 23 straight wins against 23 straight nobodies, and this game's no different. Michigan's a nobody. They don't. They have. They have looked terrible the last few weeks. Um, I'll lay it. It's not one of my. It's not one of my top plays. It's not going to make it into the primer, but I'll play it. I'll, I'll lay the points with Ohio State. They need to blow people out. They'd love to do nothing more than to blow out Michigan on their home field. Um, as long as you get good weather. The last couple weeks, the weather's been an issue in these Ohio State games, and it's had some effect. So keep an eye on these weather reports because you get a lot of this nonsense in the Midwest. It screws up some of these team totals or first half covers. But you look at Ohio State, just I, I, I don't care if it's a rivalry. Michigan can stay there getting up for this, but I watched them get pounded against Michigan State. I've watched them play very lousy football almost all year. Um, Ohio State should come in and wreck them. I really don't think Michigan's the type of team that can get up and give you a great effort here. They either get pounded or they're good, and they're not good. They're going to get pounded. Yeah, Ohio State, to me, is the inconsistency is the key for me. This is a team that uh, I, I'd never want to lay you know, 14 points with them. In any given week, they're capable of laying an egg. And, but you're right, Michigan is a nobody, so I can see the angle there, Joe. Also, uh, and here's the thing with Ohio State, too, that's a bit of a concern for me. Look at them on the sideline. They're a very uptight football team. They don't look loose. They don't look like they're having fun. They're blowing everybody out, but all they ever hear about is how they don't play anybody and they're not going to the national title. And I think there's a lot of pressure on that team to blow these opponents out. I, I think Urban Meyer has done a great job at figuring out how to make football not fun for these guys. I, I really do. This, this does not look like a team that's enjoying itself at all this year. All right, Joe, let's keep it in the Big Ten right now. Penn State closing out their season. They take on the 14th-ranked Wisconsin Badgers. Uh, since opening the year 2-0, and Penn State's alternated wins and losses. Uh, their most recent outing, a 23-20 to loss to Nebraska last Saturday. Uh, Wisconsin in the midst of a six-game winning streak. They're a perfect 6-0 and at home this season. Uh, they beat their border rival Minnesota for the 10th straight time last Saturday. Wisconsin laying 24 points in this matchup. Always tough laying a lot of points with the Badgers because because uh, they're very run-heavy, but this looks like a huge blowout in my eyes, Joe. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. I went to Penn State, and I'd love to believe I could make some argument here about how they're going to do something in this game, but they're not. <laughs> they, they're a team that's got some fight. you got to give them a little bit of credit. Yeah. They, they do have some fight, and they're a team that you can be proud to root for because they, they, they give you everything they've got. They just don't have a lot of talent. Now, 
one angle for them, they're 7-1 against the number of the last eight coming off a loss. So they tend to get a good week in the following week. But this Wisconsin team, man, they've been good. They play really good defense. They're a great running team. You can't play against them at Camp Randall. They're outstanding at home. We always talk about the Seahawks and the Saints in the NFL. You want to talk college home field advantage, that's one of the best in the business. So, yeah, it's Wisconsin or nothing for me. That's really all I've got to say on this one. Yeah, I'm in agreement. Uh, we'll move on to the next game. I just don't see Penn State scoring points. I think Wisconsin can run up a big number there. So let's move Wisconsin's covered, Wisconsin's covered 20 of their last 27 home games with one push in there. So 26-1 and one against the number of the last 27. You can't play against them. Right. And if, and and five if, against the number of their last 20. Yeah, overall. If, if you just bet them blindly at home week in and week out, you would be up a lot of money at this point. Yeah, you wouldn't leave to listen to us just rambling on about these games. Uh, you just, yeah, play them at home, play the Seahawks at home. You, you'd be good. You'd be making money every week. You don't even need to put in any work. It'd be great. I don't know why we just don't do stuff like that. Uh, we always have to find these ridiculous games to try to find angles on and then sweat through, you know, what's going on with Colorado State, Utah State. Like last week, what was that, 13 nothing? Oh, How's yeah. that comfortable? Yeah. That was, <laughs> you that... need to shower after a game like that. <laughs> yeah, that one was dicey for sure. It was 7 nothing for a while. It got up to 10 nothing, And that's one of those games uh, where you, where you don't get as frequent updates if you don't have it on the TV. So you're trying to you know find scores as they're happening. But uh, what a disaster that was! At least we get the win in that game, though. We, we we did. But if you tell me it's hey, by the way, you're laying seven and a half in a game that's going to have thirteen total points. I'm probably using that ticket as toilet paper because uh, <laughs> I don't think I'm covering that number. We 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 our angle was good. We knew the that uh, Utah State could play defense and shut down that running game. But geez, I mean that wasn't even fun to watch. No. Oh, I didn't watch it, so I wouldn't know. But uh, this, <laughs> the next one will be fun to watch, in my opinion. 25th-ranked Notre Dame taking on uh, the 8th-ranked Stanford Cardinal. Uh, regular season finale for both schools at Stanford Stadium. Notre Dame ma- made their way back into the top 25 last week. They screwed us over. They beat BYU 23-13. to uh, That was their fifth victory in six games. Uh, they have plenty of motivation to improve to 9-3 and before the bowl season as well. The Cardinal last week, another big route of California. Everyone routes California these days though 63 to 13 um pretty good moment in stanford last week when uh, the stadium announcer announced that oregon had been upset by arizona the crowd went wild in that game uh, pretty fun to watch yeah there are kids that care about the rose bowl oregon didn't even care these people care that's what i like i like a football team that takes pride in what they do oregon was an embarrassment i'm sorry to hit on that again i'm just really pissed at the way that game that game played out lose and don't cover that's fine at least have a little bit of pride in what you're doing yeah stanford definitely showing pride and and the fans there uh something to behold as well they're home chocolating uh, home chalk this week laying 14 and a half points I don't know where I stand on this matchup it looks like a short line for Stanford for me but uh, they're going to play Arizona State for the Pac-12 championship regardless of what happens in this game so I'm not sure there's a big motivational ang- angle for the Cardinal in this one what are you doing with this matchup Joe? Yeah, I'm going to lean to Stanford here. I think it's going to end up being one of my top five. This game is going to be too physical for Notre Dame. This game is too physical for Tommy Reese. It's too physical for Notre Dame. This is a very big, powerful football team. They let you know what they're going to do to you, and they just do it anyway, and you can't stop it. I don't think Notre Dame is going to be good enough to stop it. Last week against BYU, I'll give them credit. The, the Cougars couldn't really move the ball. They made a lot of mistakes. I didn't agree with much of the play calling, and they had the benefit of the weather. They're not getting that in California this week. Uh, I don't really see uh, Notre Dame giving us a whole lot here. Cardinals 11-3 and against the number last 14 times they stepped outside a conference. Um, they're a good November team. They're a good home team. Uh, you know, coming off wins 
They're 27-1 and one against the number of the last 28 coming off spread covers. Uh, so I, I just think you're going to get another strong performance. I don't see Notre Dame's offense finding a way to do a whole lot here. I think they're going to be stifled, and, and Stanford's going to be able to run the ball and do what they want. I, I think this is a cover. This is, uh, this is, one of, this is probably going to make my top five this week. All right, Joe, let's move on to another game um, last week, Baylor. Uh, we talked about it on the show. You had mentioned a lot of sharp, sharps were on Oklahoma State, uh, and that worked out well. That was an ugly game for the Bears. They're going to try to rebound this week when they take on TCU in a Big 12 clash. Um, that was la- Last week's loss was the first loss of the season for Baylor. It basically ruined their BCS Bowl conversation. Uh, they're basically done for there. Uh, this is TCU's final game of the year. They had their bowl chances put to an end last weekend as they fell 33-31 to to Kansas State on the road. Uh, now this one, very interesting because of the line movement in this game. Baylor opened up laying 14 points on the road. Big line movement here as the Bears are now down to 11.5 point favorites. Most people don't want to believe that Baylor can lose two straight games, but the Bears are just 2-22 and straight up in the second of consecutive road games. Granted, a lot of those were a long time ago when Baylor wasn't a good team, but still a strong strong tent trend there. Uh, and also the psychological factor for Baylor having uh, been out of the BCS conversation. I lean heavily to TCU in this one, Joe. Yeah, I'm with you. I love this situation. We've played this before. These undefeated teams that get a lot of hype, they have the real big game that they lose, and then that we play against them the following week because you know you're not going to get a great effort. We did it to Miami. We actually did it a few weeks to Miami. Yep. Um, and we're going we're gonna to do it here, too. We're, gonna, we're definitely going to take TCU in this game. Um, I, as much as I love Baylor this year, I cash a lot of first-half tickets on them. I cash a lot of game tickets on them. I'm glad they lost that game. And I hate to say that, but the, if they had come back to win that game and somehow made it in the national title picture, we, and we would have gotten another joke of a championship game because Alabama would, would have pummeled them. Bryce Petty... Uh, and, and that and Oklahoma State on the road, that was too big a situation for those kids. If you looked at them, they, they, they couldn't handle it. You put them on the big stage, they froze up. Petty's tripping over his own feet. It not only cost you the seven points, but Oklahoma State goes right down the field. It was a complete systematic failure in all phases of the game for Baylor. I'm glad they lost because I don't want to see them in the national title game. It's too big of a situation. And this week, you're going to get a flat effort. We're playing TCU. It's all about the situation here. It has nothing to do with TCU. They just happen to be the opponent that's in the great spot. All right, Joe, let's move on to the Mountain West. Air Force getting one last crack at picking up their first win in the Mountain West this season. They close out uh, with Colorado State on Saturday afternoon. A horrible season for the Falcons, for sure. They just have two wins in 11 opportunities this year. One of those wins was against Colgate in the first week of the season, so not a very good team. Last week, they got beat up at home by UNLV 41-21. As for the Rams, they started out the season with back-to-back losses. Uh, They lost three of their first four outings of the year, uh, but now they're just one win away from becoming bowl eligible. They opened up laying 14 uh, 14 points. Excuse me, That's up to 16 now. We've used the bowl eligible angle many times this year. Uh, it's worked out very good for us in recent weeks, so I'm assuming you're going back to the well again this week, Joe. Yeah, Colorado State's been good to us. We've, we've been all, we know what to do with them the last few weeks. Two weeks ago, we played on them when they had five wins at New Mexico. They won, they covered, they got bowl eligible. Last week, we played against them because they Capri bibs and the running game is what gets Colorado State going. And uh, the Utah State played, plays great defense along the front seven. They shut them down, and that's exactly what was going to be expected. We faded them, we won there. This week, we're going back to the well. We're going to play on Colorado State. Air Force thinks. There's not a whole lot to say about them. The service programs are down this year. Yep. I, I hate to knock them, um, but they don't do anything well. They don't, there's not one phase of the game that does 
very well. I, we keep a close eye on him being in Las Vegas because two weeks ago on that Thursday night or Friday night, UNLV went up there to get bowl eligible. And that was a game UNLV should had no business winning. Really cold weather, a lot of wind, a road game, which the Rebels have been bad at the last few years. And they found a way to pretty much pummel them. Uh, Air Force came back in it late, but I don't see them doing a whole lot here. Um, if they couldn't handle it with UNLV, I don't see them handling it here. I'll leave the number with this. I like Colorado State. All right, Joe, we got a couple minutes left here, so let's finish things off in the ACC. Uh, we normally don't discuss weekday games, but we'll throw in a little bit of a Thanksgiving bonus here this week as uh, the regular season closes for Miami and Pittsburgh on Friday afternoon as they meet at Heinz Field. Uh, Miami, we talked about this earlier in the show, they were considered one of the best teams earlier in the year. They opened up with seven straight wins. They climbed all the way to number seven in the AP poll at the end of October. Since then, though, they've been horrible. Uh, they fell under the national spotlight. They lost three straight games, albeit they bounced back last week with a win. Meanwhile, Pitt has won two of their last three games. They're 6-5 and five overall. Uh, they became bowl eligible for the sixth straight year. They went on the road last weekend and beat Syracuse 17-16. to 16. Interesting matchup here. Miami's small road chalk. They're laying two and a half points. I'm leaning to the upset in this, in this matchup, Joe. Yeah, this is a warm weather team coming into a place with very bad conditions. Great point. Uh, there's a lot of wind in this stadium. They're, they're, it's going to be cold. This isn't gonna, Miami's going to be playing very tight football. Pittsburgh, like you said, they've been playing well as of late. They're a much better home team than they are a road team. There's a good situation for them. They're catching points at home. Um, you know, it's not like I'm going to say, oh, I, I bet them to win outright in addition to the spread because it's only two and a half. Yeah, but yeah, exactly. I'm going to take Pittsburgh here. I think you take this warm weather team, you bring them up to a situation like this, they don't like it. You see it in bowl games, too. There was a game in North Florida a few years ago. Uh, it was like a December 31st game. Wisconsin had to come down. I think it, I think it was Miami, or it was Florida State they had to play, and it was cold. It got down to like the 40 degrees, which was a surprise. Wisconsin was laughing. They rolled through that game because the Florida team they were playing is so not used to dealing with cold weather that they were terrified. I remember the quarterback well, had, the, had a big coat and blanket on him on the field. It was like, when he was on the sidelines, it was like 45 degrees. Like, what's wrong with you, dude? It's that cold out there. But uh, same, same situation here. I, I think it's going to be too cold. I think we, we've played a lot of situational angles. This one's about the weather. I think it favors Pitt. I don't think you're going to get very good effort from Florida this week. Miami, Florida. That's a, that's the final play of the week. We're taking Pitt as a small home underdog to Miami. That's been it for this week's edition of the High Roller Tide. Uh, you can head over to nationalfootballpost.com. Check out Joe's Week 14 College Football Betting Primer. That's going to be posted tomorrow on Thursday. Uh, we're recording a little bit earlier this week because of Thanksgiving. So head over to nationalfootballpost.com tomorrow. You can see all of Joe's top plays uh, for this weekend's games. Also, you can follow Joe on Twitter, at Joe Fortenbaugh, myself, at Rob Pizzola. Joe, as always, a pleasure breaking it down. Enjoy your Thanksgiving, and we'll do this again next week. Thanks, Rob. Best of luck to you and all the listeners out there this weekend, and uh, enjoy the games. It's a great weekend for football. You roll through three, four days of uh, action. Can't ask for a whole lot more. So enjoy it. Be safe, and uh, we'll catch you next week. Absolutely. That's Joe Fornbaugh, the National Football Post. Um, also, as Joe mentioned, there's a ton of games this week. we got some Thursday and Friday games in college as well. Feel free to tweet us. We'll give you your opinion uh, on any of those games as well. Quickly to recap, Auburn-Alabama, both of us leaning Alabama in that matchup. Missouri-Texas A&M, uh, I think 
think we both lean to Missouri there as well. Michigan, Ohio State, I'm indifferent. I take the points with Michigan. Joe likes Ohio State as a lean there. Penn State, Wisconsin, I'll lay the points with Wisconsin there. Stanford, Notre Dame, laying the points with Stanford in that matchup. Uh, TCU, 11.5 point underdog to Baylor. We like them after Baylor fell and their BCS hopes were dashed last week. Uh, Colorado State, we're taking them against Air Force, who have been a huge disappointment this year. And finally, a Friday special. Uh, We like Pitt as a small home underdog against Miami. This has been the 14th edition of the High Roller Tide podcast. Thanks for listening, and good luck with your plays this weekend. For even more of the best picks in football this week, be sure to follow us on Twitter, at Rob Pizzola and at Joe Fortenbaugh.